and welcome to NGA's second podcast of the year, Let's Connect. Um, so today we're going to be talking about people, mental health and well-being, which is very much a priority here at NGA. Um, but it's also really important um, to kind of pause and reflect on what that means. And Place to Be Children's Mental Health Week is a really great opportunity to do that. So um, today we are joined by Catherine Roach, the Chief Executive of Place to Be, as well as Lucy Bartley, Chief Executive of 210 Therapy, and of course, Ben Levingston, the head teacher at Kensington Primary School. So if before we get started, if you could just take a moment just to introduce yourselves, um, tell us a little bit about your role and what you do, that'd be amazing. Catherine, shall we start with, with you? Um, yeah, of course, Fiona. I'm delighted to be here um, with everybody on the panel. Um, so I'm Catherine Roach, Chief Executive of Place to Be, the uh, school-based children's mental health charity. We've been working in this space for the last uh, 28 years now. I'm really sitting across the space of health and education, providing the mental health service in schools. Um, and we provide that support embedded in uh, over 500 schools around the country. And we also provide a whole range of training um, for many more schools. And as you mentioned, um, we started Children's Mental Health Week um, a number of years back to really highlight the importance of children and young people's mental health and early intervention. Brilliant. Thank you, Catherine. And Lucy? Yeah, thanks as well, Fee, for having me. Um, and hi to Catherine and Ben on the on the podcast as well. Um, so yeah, I am the um, founder really of 210 Therapy. Uh, probably babies in comparison to yourself, Catherine, we've been a community interest company for two years now um, with a bit of service going on before that. But as is a generic counselling service, um, but a big part of the work is working in schools, providing counselling to our local schools here in Birmingham, um, counselling for the children. Um, we provide some therapeutic supervision for the staff and we're also really proud to offer a parent project as well. So just wrapping around that child and kind of supporting all of those key people uh, as well as coming alongside the children. So yeah, that's that's us. <laughs> Thanks, Lucy. And hey, Ben. Hi. Um, yeah, absolutely wonderful to be here and really looking forward to talking about such a important subject of children's mental health and well-being. And, and of course, with the, the week next week focused on that and focused on connection and uh, what we can do to support that, and particularly after uh, yeah, the pandemic. And, and we know what an impact that had on that area. Uh, yeah, I'm Ben Levinson, the head teacher at Kensington Primary School, which is in Newham in East London. Um, Fiona, you told me to not hold back on talking about our accolades, so uh, this is this is for Fiona, not from me. <laughs> um, but yeah, we are we are the primary school of the year, uh, as well as the uh, wellbeing and mental health school of the year. Um, we're a flagship school for the inclusion quality mark. 
the the trust we're part of the tap scott learning trust is the first trust in the country for all the schools to have the mental health gold award uh, we were the first uh, gold healthy school in newham as well um, and as well as all of that i'm the chair of the well schools board uh, which is a, a school-led movement really looking to put uh, health and well-being at the heart of schools across the country and Within two short years, we have over 1,300 schools who are part of that movement, who are prioritising that for our children and young people. So really exciting um, uh, piece of work that's been going on. And looking forward to talking all about that this afternoon. Amazing. Thank you so much. Um, so just as a little bit of an introduction um, and a little bit of context around um, some of the work that um, NGA have been doing uh, over the last year. So we we started on a bit of a journey um, to look at um, how to support governing boards um, in addressing educational disadvantage. Um, and, and as we know, the DfE, although the DfE doesn't explicitly define um, disadvantage as such, um, we know that there's a, a quite a restrictive pupil premium measure or free school meets free school meals measure, um, look, focusing in on socioeconomic disadvantage. Um, and what we've been doing at NGA, NGA over the past year is kind of looking at really widening the lens and not to create more labels, but to make sure that we're not missing anybody who is experiencing barriers to their education. Um, and in that, one of the areas that we looked at was pupil mental health and well-being um, and, and knowing um, some of the statistics around children who are experiencing educational disadvantage due to um, having challenges with their well-being or their, their mental health, the impact of that, how that might play out in attendance, how that might play out in behaviour, um, the disproportionate exclusion rates, um, of, of children who are experiencing um, um, challenges with their mental health and or well-being. Um, and we were really looking at it from the perspective of actually this, um, if a child isn't supported um, well and doesn't have that, as Lucy said, that wraparound support, um, it's, and, and they're not okay, it's very difficult then, or it's a challenge for them to engage in um, in their education um, and that's something that we really want children to be able to do so just a little bit of context around some of the work that we've been doing um, at NGA um, but of course it's much bigger than that it's not just about um, educational attainment it's 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 a much bigger um, issue it goes beyond the school walls um, of, of course um, so Today, I guess, what we wanted to do is just kind of delve into that a little bit more. Um, but I wanted to start by thinking about or discussing the theme, Let's Connect. Now, I was wondering, Catherine, if you could just kind of start kick us off with um, how Let's Connect came about as a theme for um, the Children's Mental Health Week, um, how that came about as a theme, and also what that, what that means to you. Of course, Fiona. Um, so like so much in our work, the theme for this year, as it does um, every year, really came from children and our staff in schools. So it comes from our front lines 
And the theme, Let's Connect, just it felt like it really resonated. It felt like a really good theme um, as we come out of what had come out of the pandemic. You know, there's been so, so many challenges, so much fragmentation, if you like, over over the, the last few years. And as 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 individuals, connection is so important and relationships in terms of having good mental health and well-being and the connection we make with others around us and whether that's for children or for us as adults so kind of running with that it also felt like it really made sense in terms of lucy talked about that lovely description of the whole school approach with the children parents staff in the schools and that sort of wraparound system um, around children. So again, it really, really works on that level. And then also we've more recently had the introduction of uh, and restructuring with the NHS and social care. As we think about the wider services, we know we've got to tackle these challenges and join up systems together. So on every level, the theme really resonated and made sense. And I guess for me individually and, and as, as chief exec at place to be, it's, it's a really good one, a really great theme in terms of connecting with our staff right around in schools, right around the country. Um, it just makes, makes real sense. It's about human relationships. Um, so we're, all, we're already loving it this year. We're behind it. Brilliant. Thank you so much, Catherine. And I know that this is a theme that Lucy is really passionate about. She's always talking about the importance of connecting. Um, so I knew that when you found out this was the theme for Children's Mental Health Week, you'd be really chuffed. So do you want to just talk to us a little bit about what that means to you in your work and in your life? Yeah, thanks, Fiona. And I, th I think it's just going to build really from what Catherine was saying about everybody just being connected. But when I think about connection, I think about a jigsaw puzzle. And I think oftentimes we can all be in the same space, like you've got pieces of the jigsaw in the same box. But actually, unless they're connected we don't actually get to see the picture and enjoy the picture of what it's trying to create. Or um, So connecting is more than just being in the same space for us. It's more than providing a service that is supposed to help. It's, it's moving close and moving close to the people that we work with in a way that, I want to say in a way that actually can be quite vulnerable. So we're not just close up so we see what's going on for people, but we're, we're close enough to be experiencing with people and to, to open ourselves up to be impacted by people's experiences, which creates a connection and almost an energy that motivates us and, and drives us on in the work. So like connection for me is a whole self thing. It's a bit of vulnerability, but it's about partnering and creating a bigger picture, creating a bigger impact. There's such a strength in connecting well and doing things together. So yeah, I do get excited, Catherine. So I was ooh, really <laughs> excited when I heard. <laughs> 
Brilliant. And if I could just move on to Ben, and of course, um, out of the four of us in this conversation today, um, I, I guess you'll have that kind of day-to-day contact and consistent connection um, with the staff and the children and the parents that, that you work with, as well as in other capacities as well. So it'd just be really good to get your take on what Let's Connect means to you in your role as a head teacher and all of the other, the other, um, you know, the other roles that you kind of carry in that space. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I love your jigsaw analogy there, Lucy. I think that's, uh, I, I, you know, it really resonates in terms of that idea of being in that space, but that doesn't necessarily, that's not the same as connecting. Um, and I think, you know, for us uh, as a school or for any school, you know, there is just so little time and so much to do. Um, you know, we, we talk about the big lie, you know, this idea that, that as schools we teach these, you know, all of these subjects in the national curriculum, we do it all to this, you know, incredible standard and we give hours over to everything. And then all the other things we do around you know, physical activity and mental health. And, you know, clearly we don't because we've only got six hours a day, five days a week, 39 weeks a year with these children. It's a lie. So we, the, the problem is we then make choices about what we do, you know, uh, and if you don't make those consciously, it just ends up being kind of whatever path you follow. So we've tried to be really conscious about all of that. And I think most importantly, in terms of this, it's about giving people that time. Um, you know, I remember as a teacher, you'd go on a an, on a educational visit with the children in June, you know, right at the end of the year of having that class, and you'd sit on some next to one of your children on the tube on the way back, and you'd have a chat with them, and they'd tell you all about their life, and you think, if I'd have known this in September, this would have transformed. The way I'd dealt with this child, the relationship we'd had, how I'd supported them. Why have we not done that? And so we try and make time. We try and make time for our staff to connect with the children. We try try and make time for them to connect with each other because we know that those relationships, that level of understanding is so fundamentally important. Um, And then it's also about the culture that you build, isn't it? If you've got a very... Um, you know, strict kind of, you know, you do what I say when I say culture. Again, it's very hard to build those relationships, you know, either, either from me down to my team or, or from my teachers to their children. So, you know, we, we try and have a very open, uh, honest, kind, supportive culture where everyone is able to talk about uh, their feelings, is able to be, as you say, Lucy, to be vulnerable. Um, and, and by doing that, again, we can really build those deeper relationships, not those surface relationships mm. where we get to, to, to understand each other, where we get to genuinely connect. And I think, you know, all of that then you know, ultimately transforms into, yes, great lives and being happy. And our, our vision at Kensington is a place everyone loves to be. That's what we're trying to achieve at the school. Um, but that, but that's because that also leads to great learning. Yeah. Um, and that's what's really important for us. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I think just kind of um, 
throwing my thoughts in 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 there as well. Um, thinking about what you're saying, Ben, um, about having the opportunity to to get to know and connect with a child. Um, I'm thinking back to so I've always worked pre- previously um, to NGA worked within alternative provisions and pupil referral units and, and, and did that for the best part of 16 years. And um, I will never forget a young lady who would always come in at half past nine, half an hour late, every single day without fail, uh, not a minute earlier, not a minute later, but she was late. Um very, very kind of brash, um, very challenging young lady. Um, what you wouldn't have known unless you had connected and kind of gotten under the surface and taken a step back, um, but also taken a step in is that she was she was dealing with um, a parent who was um, uh, very, very ill um, due to alcoholism and subsequently did pass away eventually but she would take her younger sister to primary school before she could get herself and she would rush and get to get to the pre as quick as she could and it was always half past nine now on the surface you'd look and say why are you late you're always late you know or um very kind of anti-authority why you know why are you so rude etc etc but actually over time through connection what you're able to draw out is that she had incredible organisational skills. She was an incredible leader, a real kind of advocate for justice. Um, you know, and there were so many qualities that spending time with her over time, you were able to, to draw out and and actually this is what we are going to connect with. And this is as well as the support. We're also not just looking at you as a victim um, and as this poor child but also really empowering her and saying actually you're a really incredible young woman and actually I was really inspired by her um personally just by her 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 kind of resilience and and her character traits and some of the the, you know and I think that's the that's what connection gives you the opportunity to do to get below that surface level Um, but there are a large number of young people who don't feel like they can open up and connect with a member of staff um, but I find that really problematic. Um, we recognise that education isn't the only place where children may connect with an adult or feel like they can talk to an adult or a trusted person. Um, but it was just a shame that they spend children spend so much time within school that a lot of them felt like there wasn't somebody and um, that they could kind of connect with and talk to. So how can we ensure that pupils do feel safe and encouraged and, and empowered to speak speak up about their mental health in school? How and I think I'd like to get your take on that on that, Ben. Um, as as a head teacher, what is it that you do within your school um, that empowers children? And what are some of the lessons that you've learned? Yeah, I think yeah, such an important um, area, isn't it? And I think it's something. You know we're so aware of and and there's there's been a real increase in awareness around that in a, in a relatively short time which is great i mean you know when i was growing up it was you know you, you didn't talk about your mental health that was that was not a thing um it was very much you just got on with things you know pull your socks up uh stiff up a lip and all the rest of it and uh you know that that's obviously caused so many people so many problems and 
I think it's it's wonderful that we're now starting to be much more open about that. I think for us as a school, um, it, you know, it's essential that we create that that culture of trust where children really feel safe um, and secure at the school. Uh, you know, if they're not feeling safe there, then they're going to really struggle to to take the next steps in terms of being open, sharing their feelings, talking about their emotions, talking about their mental health. Uh, you talked, Fiona, about that child who who was coming to school late. And if that's just a series of sanctions, um, then there, there's no opportunity there to build the relationship you talked about. There's no opportunity to understand the challenges. There's no opportunity to get past the inevitable barriers that a child is going to put up in that situation. And so you can never get to a point where you have those really rich, open uh, conversations that can help children to get past some of the challenges they face. Uh, we talked about building relationships and, and the importance of that and the time to to really invest in those relationships. At, at Kensington, we talk a lot about uh, Pareto's law, about that 80-20 and what the 20% we're doing uh, that makes 80% of the difference so that we strip away as much as we can uh, of everything else that sits around uh, our, our staff's time so they've got that time to spend building relationships with the children. Um, and then it's really just about normalising that for us. So it's about talking about uh, our emotions, about our mental health all the time. And that's all the way from me and me talking about my mental health. Um, you know, I've, I've had... Um, struggles with anxiety over the years and I've and I've talked to my staff about times when I've I've really struggled with that when my anxiety has gone beyond sort of the normal day-to-day -day. I'm recording a podcast with some really amazing people this afternoon and I'm a bit anxious about it um, through to you know when that becomes far more debilitating um, and the how I've tried to deal with that um, but doing that for all the way through for our teachers with their children, our children have emotion journals, uh, which they fill out every day, where they write about their feelings, write about their emotions, either just in general or to a stimulus, you know, how are you feeling about your swimming lessons next week, for example. Um, we have regulation zones, which in every classroom where children go um, and can regulate and, and, you know, if they've come up from playtime and they're a bit uh, overwhelmed, overexcited, um, overwrought, they can go and regulate in those regulation zones. Um, but we have a whole emotional health curriculum as well. So pre-COVID, uh, we um, completely revamped our curriculum at Kensington because we felt that the children of the 21st century needed something different, something better uh, that's going to help them with the opportunities and challenges they face. And health is one of the four core areas of that curriculum. And so there's a physical health and an and a, a emotional health curriculum where they have specific lessons about their emotional health. So all the way through from being able to name, have that vocabulary for their emotions, um, up to understanding the biological and chemical processes that are going on when we are feeling so certain emotions. So, you know, all of that uh, and that constant discussion around it really helps to, to normalise the conversations about it. And, you know, I think if you, you know, hopefully you can come to visit the school at some point, um, the children are so capable of talking about how they feel, why they feel that way, and really understand 
you know, what goes on inside of them in terms of their mental health and their emotions. Yeah, brilliant. Um, it's it's interesting, actually. I would like to come back to the culture point because obviously that's very significant to um, the role of a governor or a trustee. Um, and I know, Catherine, you you hold that role within a school. And I was just wondering, from a, um, from a, a the perspective with your governor governor hat on. Um, how would you say that within the school that you govern at, if you don't mind me just talking about that for a second, how do you go about setting that kind of culture, that strategical direction of thinking so that, because we know what an impact, I know that when I uh, was working at the, the people referral unit, the chair of our governing board was extremely concerned about um, my well-being and very supportive and would regularly check in. Uh, my role at that point was a senior leader um, with the responsibility of safeguarding um, in, in quite broad capacity and, and that made a huge difference and that culture was really set from set from the the very top um, around the governing board table. So um, I, I guess it would be really good to get your thoughts on that as, as somebody who does who does have um, have that role. Well, it's so important, Fiona, from from the governing body and from from that level and from the leadership level. And Ben's described brilliantly. Um, again, the workings on the ground within a school that you want to that you need to have happening, so that you build that environment and that culture of trust. Um, so, as a governor, I think the the one of the most important things is having a framework which is thinking about the whole school approach. Um, and that's something that we developed and I'm thrilled that now DFE is funding as part of the kind of implementation around mental health in schools. DFE is, is funding and any school can access it. The, the a training program and training for a senior mental health lead because I think not turning staff or a leader in the school into a mental health expert but as an education professional and thinking about the the structure and the framework that you have in your school for good mental health and well-being and then so if we take that apart a little bit um, that's about having well-being most importantly and having um, people who are accessible so a, a child can can reach out, can talk to trusted adults. And then it's also about staff, most importantly, because staff being in a good place and the school teachers understanding their part uh, and recognising behaviour, children's behaviour as a means of communication. So thinking about well-being of staff and what you have in place around that. And then also parents, the relationship with parents and how a school engages and connects with parents. And then also having um, or thinking about the connection with specialist services. So into CAMS or into the mental health support teams and how you join that up. So from a governor's perspective question, you know, what do we have in terms of our our plan around mental health and well-being and that whole school approach and if you haven't got that in place with a governor who's leading on that um, then make sure you're you're somebody in the leadership team is accessing the funding and is the school's senior mental health lead 
And I think then it kind of goes from there. And of course, the NGA's toolkit is quite helpful as well. Brilliant. Thanks so much, Catherine. And 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 on that, so so um, hearing from Ben as a head teacher, school leader, um, Catherine uh, with her governance hat on, and also the the wealth of knowledge um, and experience that Catherine has around that. I wanted to come to you, Lucy, and get your perspective on it. Now, I know that you lead a team of therapists who who connect um, regularly with parents, staff, and and pupils. Um, and I know that you also um, do that. So, um, based on the, the capacity that you work within and thinking about some of the things that you might hear children say, the vulnerabilities that they may feel, and, and kind of with that in mind, what would you say to um, to school staff and to governing boards? What would you say um, kind of advocating for those children this is what this is what they need and and this is kind of the this is what children are saying um and and this is the direction um strategical direction that that you that you need to be going going in thinking about the parents voice the pupils voice staff staff voice yeah yeah thanks Fiona um I think I'd probably build on the you know, the words of vulnerability and connection um, with another word, which is authenticity. I think when just thinking about sitting with children and young people, they aren't completely intellectual because they're in school and they're learning how to do all of the intelligence kind of academic stuff. But I think what attachment theory shows us is that babies even, they know how to pick up cues from adults. They know how to read adults um, and they know when their needs are being met and taken seriously and they actually can pick up on misattunements without all of the knowledge that we've got as therapists and professionals. So... In, in many ways, it's about speaking their language and being authentic. And I think from uh, a leadership perspective and from a governance perspective, and, and what I'm hearing here, which makes me really excited, by the way, is that it's the permission-giving element for staff to be authentic in their interactions with young people. They know when we're pretending you know, I've got a I've got a eleven year old, my youngest daughter, and she she might ask me for something. And you know, in those moments when mummy's really busy, and you go, oh yeah, okay, I'll get onto that for you later on, Liberty. And she'd be like, Mom, are you just saying that because you're busy and you want to concentrate on what you're doing, or are you really gonna do it? And I'm like, okay, here's a here's a chance for me to be honest and own what's going on here and just have that conversation and take a little bit longer with her but when children are vulnerable when they're hurting when stuff's going on in their lives and 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 we're dealing with a lot of chaos for young people in their surroundings what makes it safe for them to share is 
an authentic person that cares. So uh, what we talk about in our organisation is that we can always we can always upskill. Our competence can always grow and develop, but character is a different thing. And so, so giving permission for staff and our staff, giving them that permission to be authentic, genuine, and bring their whole character. And a lot of that's described as just love and care. So if you can bring that loving and caring and kindness of your character and schools give permission for that, then I think that will go a long way in um, creating those safe relationships, safe connections for children to open up. That's brilliant. So the last thing that I wanted to do just to wrap up, and I know that I know that all three of you will have examples of this, but I had the absolute honour of being on the panel um, um, of judges for Place to Be's um, Mental Health Awards earlier on. Oh, not earlier on this year, sorry, uh, last year. (laughs) And we just saw some amazing examples of amazing practice of people from in in different roles were from pupils to up to um to uh, head teachers to therapists um so I think Catherine could you just finish us off with um just giving us kind of a, a, a an an inspiring piece of practice with those awards in mind or any other um that you can think of uh, an inspiring piece of practice that you've seen that you would encourage others to try Oh my gosh, Fiona, it's so hard to pick one. Um, I think, so right now I think I've encouraged people to think about well-being and I I love a measure. (laughs) (laughs) I I love to get a sense of how things are going. Um, So so there's some great practice underway to introduce well-being, which is about good mental health. Um, into schools and as a governor I'd love to have you know a measure of well-being so we're thinking about positivity and children being in a good place but also having the ability to then see oh my goodness are there children who might be struggling or it might be just something that gives you a sense you know that someone might need a bit more help. Uh, I think I would encourage schools to to think about introducing that measure around well-being. Um, so we're not thinking about a deficit model. We're thinking about all children having good well-being, being in a good place in school, and then having something that can um, help us understand where a child might also need more support and help and being able to act on that. Brilliant. And of course, there's lots of um, really useful resources um, on Place to Be's website that, that kind of talks about some of those things, such as the measure. I'd also encourage uh, anyone to sign up to the Men- Mental Health Champions Foundation programme, which is free and accessible for all teachers. It will help you understand what you can do in your role as a teacher. Um, and it's freely accessible there. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Okay. In fact, talking of um, signing up 
two things and this is absolutely not um, a promotional thing we don't we don't gain anything from this but we've brought you guys together because we know um, how valuable your experience is and what you offer but of, of course well schools is, is another really great forum that um, schools it's free for schools to sign up to isn't it Ben? Yeah, it is. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's full of uh, inspiring practice because uh, also many of the schools on there are sharing for free uh, what they're what they're doing in their schools. And so there's some really great practical examples, um, including some advice on measuring uh, well-being and, and how to do that, because it's not easy. Um, but, you know, what, what gets measured gets improved, doesn't it? So I think starting with that measurement is absolutely crucial. But yeah, there's all sorts on well schools well-school.org and totally free to sign up no commitment uh, no marketing emails nothing just a load of people who are really passionate about children's health mental health and well-being wonderful and that's what we want okay so just to finish off then um in the kind of spirit of talking about what um what resources there are out there i briefly mentioned at the start um of the podcast that we have been um working on some resources for governing boards to use with their school leaders um so those of you who are listening do take a look at nga and place to be's recently published guide for governing boards on pupil mental health and well-being and their role in that and also um, as well as that our range of resources um, for governing boards and school leaders look at um, to look at addressing educational disadvantage um, through different lenses and really widening that lens and particularly our toolkit um, on addressing educational disadvantage um, through the lens of People, mental health and well-being, which we wrote with 210 Therapy, uh, Lucy from 210 Therapy and Place to Be. So there are some, some really good resources that we have out there at the moment. And we would love to get your thoughts on those resources as well. So um, just what areas of educational disadvantage um, are you having to prioritise at the moment within your school? Um, are there some areas that you would like some more support with? Um, or are there things that you feel that you might be able to add some really good practice and, and that really work? So it's really about us connecting um, with our partner organisations and our colleagues within the sector, but also governing boards um, and really connecting with you and listening to what you're saying too. So thank you so much for listening and thank you so much, um, Ben, Catherine and Lucy for joining me today. Absolute pleasure. Thank you. A pleasure. Yeah, thanks thanks for you. Us.